We say, uh, we remember I bought a slate in my car. Yeah, I do remember that you bought a slate. Uh, there is no camera in here. So if we were to say action and clack the slate, it'd be just it would sound like you slapped me. And then be like, <laughs> this is that kind of show. You know, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Welcome to the Waystation Podcast, William. Uh, thank you, Randy. It's huh. been a minute. We had a holiday week last week. Yes, it and we deserved a Bastille week off. Day. Yes. <laughs> Kidding. It was Thanksgiving. What's Bastille Day? Anyway? Bastille Day? It's the it's the holiday that they celebrate in France when, like, the peasants like raided like a major prison and let all the prisoners out. That sounds fun. It does. It's like, kind of like a party. Like all like a lot of the French Revolution sounds fun until they killed everybody. <laughs> It sounded like fun. And that's the thing we have to worry about right now in our current uh, goings on where we're like, I want to burn it all down. I'm like, except I don't want to kill everybody. <laughs> yes, no killing. Let's not kill. <laughs> Burning it down, though, sounds fun sometimes. It does sound fun sometimes. So my uh, 16-year-old son had his first date last night. Oh. And he wanted to do something interesting because it isn't like the idea of doing something boring. So... He and the, they, it was a double date. He and the other party, they each asked um, these lovely girls on a date. And they came to our house. And for the, for the past few weeks, they've been hoarding things. And they set up in the garage. They put down tarps. And, and they set up in the garage a, uh, a rage room. <laughs> and they destroyed things <laughs> for an hour. So they had, like, old furniture, old televisions, pumpkins. Uh, bottles of Martinelli's, and they had, and they had, they had hammers, knives, and hatchets, and they broke the crap out of stuff. So there's piles of garbage. Wait, do I know the kids that were there? Yeah, you know all of them. I'm so jealous. <laughs> this is a freaking genius idea. Uh, a, the power of Max. Yeah, so they went to dinner first, and then they went and they broke things for an hour, and then they went home. <laughs> so in our garage. Like, I wanted to go get some needle nose pliers this morning, and I went out because it was morning. I went out barefoot, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's broken glass all over the ground. <laughs> going, going right back <laughs> inside that, right back. He didn't clean house. it up yet? No, no. He says oh. the, the, the other uh, double dater is going to come over later. They're going to clean it up today. They're oh, still the, trying to figure out what to do with the giant TV. Those flat panel TVs that are just wrecked. <laughs> flat panel. Who was the other guy? Uh, Tyler W. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was fine. Not local, but the other one. Oh. Um. I don't know the other one. Yeah, you do. I know the local one. Well, the the senior that's not in this side of the freeway, but the other side of the freeway. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, fun. Good times. Well, too bad they didn't ask my daughter because I think she probably would have quite enjoyed the oh, idea. she would have loved that. Smashing She would have loved that. I didn't know about that side of her until I saw her wear Doc Martin boots to the wedding. And I was like, oh. Yes. She, she could break things. Yeah, she can break things. <laughs> and you watch her dancing, too. Just yeah, she dancing had a great time at that, that, that wedding. That was fun. Yeah. So destruction uh, can be uh, can be in and out of itself creative. Cathartic. They, had, they lit the room. They had, there's photographs. It was, it was a good time. Cathartic. It's yeah. Fun. Hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, I can't complain at all. I heard I you had say, a last-minute change. We had a last-minute venue change. We were going to go down to visit my folks in San Diego. And they found out that we were my wife and I were both working on Wednesday. And, and they're like, uh, why don't we come up to you? And I'm like, well, the answer had been, um, and they listened to the podcast and we had a great time, but the answer had been between the four eyes that my parents have, one of them works properly. <laughs> and so, and so driving is 
long distances is kind of dicey. And but but earlier in the week they got ambitious and they drove to visit my sister in Arizona. They felt good about it, so they're like, you know, if we can go five hours, we can go two. So they they drove up on uh, Thursday morning and we had a great Thanksgiving. Well, maybe it's time to buy them a Tesla so that the car can drive them. We have discussed it, and my dad actually got super excited about the idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife's car. So we did a lot of driving. We went out to Arizona, see my wife's family, and uh, we had a great time. But um, she, her car has like a kind of auto. I'm going to put air quote autopilot. Okay. And it's, so she drives a Subaru Ascent from last year. Okay. Or from this year, 2021. And uh, it's got an autopilot function. It's kind of funny because it will, it does, it does the like, adaptive keep, cruise. Adaptive don't, cruise. Don't really crash well. into the car in front of you. I feel like it. everybody does adaptive cruise pretty well, right? So, like, you know, you're not going to slam into something in front of you. Mm -hmm. However, it has one weird thing. Like, if it goes to zero in the Tesla, if it goes to zero, it'll go from zero on. Yeah. No big deal, right? If it goes to zero in this car, it, you have you have to push the gas pedal to to make it go again, okay. Instead of it pushing the gas pedal, yeah, which is a little weird, but okay. Yeah, and then so what happens saying, is if, we'll do half the work for you. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel like if the turn in the road is more than like fifteen degrees, it gives up in the middle of the turn. <laughs> like, like it'll just start going off the road. <laughs> it just stops. It just turns itself off. It's so it like weird. yell at you. Yeah, like, like, I'm turning off. They call it steering assist instead of like autopilot. Like so, you're like driving, and so basically in a straight road, you know, it'll go straight. Yeah, and then if it's like a gentle curve, it'll take the gentle curve. But if if it gets confused for any reason, and or if it gets um, you know, tired, it just stops. Well, that's what I've been like. We've been saying that we feel like the. Te I, I've been saying the word ten years. I, I've been saying the Tesla is ten years ahead on self-driving technology. The truth is, that may be true, but if it's true, <coughs> it's like it's an order of refinement difference, not an or not a blunt instrument instrument. Like so, <coughs> in a blunt way, the Subaru kind of does the same thing. Right. But then it's just like, turn too hard. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a refinement that takes more than a couple of years to sort out, you know? Well, the Subaru, yeah, I mean, the, the Subaru does a decent job at it. I was kind of impressed with it. I've driven um, the Hyundai uh, or a Kia that has a pretty decent one, but it does the same thing. If, it, if, the, if the curve is too sharp, it, it just, no, no, I'm not doing that. However, in the Tesla, I've taken on Topanga Canyon on the autopilot just to see what would happen. It was amazing. Did all of everything. So I was, wow. I was, yeah, I was. I'm doing the math. I'm like, Topanga Canyon. I don't know where that is. <laughs> it's, but so, when I hear the words Canyon, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking a zigzaggy road. It's dry. Yeah. Very zigzaggy road up yeah. and down. Yeah. Uh, mountainous. This is basically the Canyon, um, through Calabasas that drops you into Malibu. Oh yeah. Okay. And so, uh, it's, it's, uh, it was, you know, windy. I had a client that I needed to meet down there and I wanted to try it out. So I did. And and it did did it go the whole way? The did whole you, way, as long as I mean, there's were you like hovering over the steering? Not wheel? at all, <laughs> not at all. I will say that if I there there I, we did have a problem the other day. We were driving back. Uh, my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and we went to my favorite restaurant, Din Tai Fun, which I love. Mm. Have you been to Din Tai Fun? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dude, it is so good. Yes, I should say it's my favorite affordable restaurant. In the sense that you yeah. can go there for a special occasion. It's expensive. It, it's it's expensive enough that it's special occasion, but not expensive enough that you can't afford it. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
great. And they have several locations. Uh, this one was in Glendale at the Americana. So we went there and on the way back, there's a lot of construction on the five through the Burbank area. And if the Tesla can't really, uh, Elon Musk has talked about this. If he can't see the lanes really well, it will judge its best. Well, normally that means you're fine, right? Or it'll say, hey, man, I don't, grab the wheel, you know? But in this case, I was going along, it saw something I didn't see. And by the way, it wasn't there. And it jumped to the lane to the right mm. where there was a person. And I probably came six inches from hitting that guy. I grabbed the wheel. And, you know, once you grab the wheel, the car gives up, which is great. Uh, but I saved it from an accident. Autopilot would have put me in an accident. Ooh. So I will say that, you know, I've told you that it's. To do it, it, did you hit the brakes or did you just swerve around them? I just swerved. I just, it, it swerved when you say right. you a person, you mean a car? A car. Oh, okay. I thought you meant a person. No, no, not a person. We're on the freeway. Sorry. Oh, okay. A Prius, no less. Which I didn't feel bad about because I hate Priuses. Right. But, it's too diminutive to actually be a car. Just exactly. power straight through it. Yes. <laughs> I used to drive a Prius. Anyway, so it was uh, an it marble, was a terrible, and my wife was real. What are you doing? That's what she said. What are you doing? And I'm like, I didn't do it. That car did it, <laughs> which is true. But wow. that, that doesn't matter. I was the driver. I did save us from an accident as a human, which is great. So now here's the thing. You might be humans listening. You might be thinking, oh, that's just evidence that machines can't do it. Nope. Like, yeah, or, so here's, here's the thing that's fascinating about the way Tesla has chosen to go about this. Yes. They have a bunch of cameras around the car. Correct. They're, do, they're doing machine learning for self-driving. Yes. Which is to say, when this happened, it went well. When this happened, it went badly. When this happened, it went well. When this happened, it went badly. Right. So they now, Tesla now has camera, camera footage from that whole thing that happened with Williams. Right. And, and and it, it's uploaded to their machine learning. Right. And somewhere a machine is saying, when I did this, the human grabbed the steering wheel and swerved. Right. And the picture shows another car there that I didn't see. Therefore, I need to not do this next time. Well, it's machine learning in the sense that I think that it gets flagged and then somebody looks at the footage and figures out what happened and then they put it in. I don't think it's learning on its own. Well, I, I think it's... it's uh, Probably a combination. As someone who's a little bit familiar with machine learning, it's a combination. Yeah. Like, human beings prime the pump, but at some point, the machines take over. So here, so you're saying, yes, but, well, that's a that's a big risk to take. I'm like, sure, yeah, it is a big risk to take. There's a couple thousand cars doing it right now. It's a big risk. But what they're doing for us, friends, is they're they're driving millions of miles. And, and like, in your lifetime, you're you're not likely to drive... I don't know. You might drive a million miles, might maybe, 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 maybe a million and a half, but they're going to have tens of millions of miles of machine learning to drive your car. And so eventually if the tech holds up, it's going to be safer to self-drive than to drive yourself. Yeah. Anyway. And I still think it's safer now. I'll be honest. Really? Uh, yeah. By a, by a factor of double least. Because, because he, because the car can see in 360 around you at all times. Where right. You, you and know, sees you ahead of, I think it sees two cars ahead of the one you're in. Well, it used to use radar, but they don't use radar anymore. No, but they have optical on, I mean, they have uh, cameras everywhere. Forward looking cameras. Yeah. So if, I mean, just think about it. You have a, you have a pretty wide angle lens on your, on your eyes. But if, if you're yeah. a little bit dozy, you're not keeping track of, you know, four cars on the right, four cars on the left, four cars behind you and three cars ahead of you. Yeah. Hey. I have a, uh, I have an update from a past story. 
So, so a couple episodes back, we talked about how my <clears throat> my then teenager, um, what's the word? Mother-in-law's brother. <clears throat> Mother-in-law's brother? I is that uncle-in-law? Mother-in-law's brother. Yeah, I guess the uncle. Yeah, uncle-in-law. Then my uncle-in-law, who was sixteen, um, when he went uh, and slept in the on the beach in Spain for the summer. Um, it turns out that wasn't the the whole story, and it didn't get less cool. It got cooler. Like they had a URL pass, and so he so he was sixteen, and his friend was like younger, and they went all over Europe, and just for fun, they went to the very top of where the trains would take you, right in up in Scandinavia, and to the very bottom of Europe in that in that summer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, "How did he know that story?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I listen at family parties." I, I was a mouse in the corner. I was always I was watching. Yeah. Like a Tesla <clears throat> recording. Yeah, exactly. Ah, for the podcast. We shall have content. <clears throat> and and he did confirm, this is years ago, but he did confirm that there were some sketchy looking dudes who were eyeing them. Oh, for <laughs> a, sure. A couple different times. Yeah. And uh, he said, so he's like, we were glad that we were, that we were kind of bigger, bigger youth because, because no one tried anything funny. Are you interested in guns? I'm not not interested in guns. I haven't bought any guns. I and I've and I've hardly ever gone shooting. But I like shooting, and when I do it, it's fun. And I keep thinking about buying guns. <laughs> so, have you bought guns? So yeah, yeah, I have. I've had a gun for a long time, and then um, just recently, I've felt like a real push to get armed. Okay. Uh, and not because I think anyone's coming to my house or because the government's going to be destroyed. I just sure. feel like it's a good way to protect yourself, your family, et cetera, and so forth. So um, I have a a few 72-hour kits that are, like, pretty extensive. Yeah. Um, and I've decided that uh, I'm going to add guns to them. Just one. So it'll be like the purge. <laughs> it's like a 72-hour yeah. kit. You need to put a bat, bug out bag. a bat in there with nails through it. Yeah. <laughs> The bug out and, bag. Uh, <laughs> I hate zombie movies, by the way. Have you? I just watched one the other day called Den of Dead of Thieves or something like that on Netflix. It was terrible. <laughs> and I, I only got sucked into watching because I know I'm not a norm. zombie fan. You are are? You, do you prefer slow zombies or fast zombies? I don't. I can't even get into the concept a little bit. Like there's okay, so doesn't thank it, you, thank you, you game makers, because every time I scroll through Facebook or uh, Instagram, there's always the zombie one that's like burnt. You know, like you you have to set up enough guns to overcome the zombie onslaught, right? They're coming up the walls, they're coming through the things, they're coming for you, and you have to set up. Enough. I don't, I just don't get the concept at all. So, I so I I have a, a related beef, but it's actually slightly divergent. And it's this, I, I don't get it when they try and sell me zombies in sort of a, like, like a sexy zombie. Like that is the grossest thing ever. Oh, so yeah, did you watch the, Santa Clarita Diet? Santa Clarita Diet. And there's a whole other movie called, there's this whole other TV show that's well-written and cute called iZombie. But, and I'm like on board, 
But then I'm like, now she's eating brains. And I'm like, I'm out. I, I, I That's don't. That's exactly it, what happened It's gross. <laughs> because I told you, I think we talked about this once, but I really love that the the main character, the guy character in Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, yeah. He's so great. I was like literally looking for stuff to watch that he played. Well, it's not like Drew Barrymore is any slouch either. No, she's great. So I thought this is going to be great. And I watched it. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? I'm done. I'm like, when she started eating weird stuff, I'm like, yeah, that just grosses me out. No, I'm, I'm out. It grosses me out. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. If you're listening, you're like, well, that's the point. That's the joke. It's supposed to be um, incongruent in your mind. You're supposed to be like, I like this, but I don't like that. How weird in the middle I'm living. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. But I just don't, it doesn't land for me. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't like this. Oh, it's <laughs> a giant out. miss for me. My brother-in-law <laughs> loves zombies. Oh, he, he just. But I also just don't like that stuff generally. Like the idea yeah. of the sexy, the sexy vampire is like, no. <laughs> I could do a like, sexy vampire. I see but Tom I Cruise with his, and Brad Pitt with their like vampire teeth. I'm like, I, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on board. <laughs> yeah. I don't get all that stuff. I don't know why. It's not even that I don't get the idea of bad boy syndrome, you know? I can change him. I can make him sweet. In the inside, beyond the vampire teeth and the blood, he has a He's heart of really gold. really good. <laughs> a frozen heart of gold. I mean, I get, I get the idea of bad boy syndrome. And there is a male corollary, like wild girl syndrome, you know, where you're just like, she crazy. <laughs> right? Like, I get it. But I just can't apply it to vampires and eating people and zombies. Yeah, no, like, I don't get it. Is it detritus? What's the word? I think word? the only time that I like, liked a werewolf or something like that was in Harry Potter. I'm like, oh, he's a good, he's a good werewolf. Sure. In a fantasy children's book. Lupin. But yeah. not in a, he's dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he so wasn't dreamy, but Tonks loved him. So, Who, do, who what? Lupin. He was a werewolf. Who loved Tonks him? loved him. Oh, okay. And Tonks was cute-ish. <laughs> I love the, they have fun with Latin roots in that show. Lupin is, is a wolf. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> you and your English. I yeah, wish I was no, smart as you. Well, it wasn't. It's, I mean, English major helped a little, but what really helped is learning a Latin language, learning learning Spanish. Where you're just like, oh. that's where you start all the Latin roots come home to roost at that point. You're like, Literally. oh. Huh. We yeah. had, uh, you know, that PhD guy that's got a PhD in, uh, that we both know in physics. He spoke in uh, yes. our congregation on Sunday. Oh, cool. And he, uh, he was he was went through all the roots of the word thank you and it was like in english it means this in portuguese it means this i'm like how does he always know this and he's not reading it at all it's like in his head yeah he he's a gatherer of facts big time and then he like even said like you know in the in the evolution of something something over the last 1.4 billion years give or take 100 million years and then he just went seriously and then if i don't know if you remember when he spoke, when we were in the same congregation for a long time, yeah. there were people in the congregation that would keep a notebook of the vocabulary words that he used. Yeah. Just so they could look him up afterwards. Because he has this voracious vocabulary. It's very large. And you just like, what word was that? And then you'll ask him. He's like, it means this. And he knows like, like four or five of the meetings. So I do this. I, I, do, a simple, I, do, <laughs> I do a thing where I... I like to notice uh, weird trends in words. Right. So we have a, in our church, we have a semi-annual conference. And I've noticed that there are certain words that they only use in that conference and that are not used anywhere else in the world. And it kind of irks me a little bit, but because I feel like, why do we start talking over people's heads? But mostly it amuses me. And so like I noticed that the word supernal, 
Supernal? Supernal. Oh, interesting. It's a word that no one uses ever anywhere, but it's always in conference. <laughs> really? Always. Yeah. I'm going to see it now. What and does so, it mean? And so I jokingly, I joked about that with, with a person that, that also attends our congregation. And for going on three years now, <laughs> whenever someone says supernal, he'll like text. It's just like, this is my phone will buzz and it's like supernal. <laughs> How do you spell it? S-U-P-E-R-N-A-L. Go ahead and read us the definition. Supernal. Um, definition of meeting. Being or coming on high. Heavenly or eternal. Heavenly or eternal. So supernal is a word. Supernally for a minute there. Good. For a minute there, but but I, I like just I notice patterns generally, right? So like for a minute there, that not anymore, but for like three conferences in a row, one person's when they wanted to say I imagined something, they said, in my mind's eye, I saw blah 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 blah, right? right. And so one person said it, and then for for a minute there, everybody said it, like. Every other talk was like, in my mind's eye. Okay, but, but the interesting <laughs> part that... But then they stopped saying it. because the interesting part the mind's eye. is that they don't coordinate their talks. <clears throat> no, 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 they don't. But, but, but they listen to the other talks. And so after one conference, when one guy said it one time, oh, it then the, the next, next conference, conference. Oh, three people yeah. said it. And the next conference, six people said it. And the next conference, two people said it. And now we're back to zero again. Is this like some there of the conference zero. games you play in your house? Like, okay, what's the new trend word? Right. Supernal. It is. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like bingo. Yeah. Um, but I, but I just do it. It just amuses me. I don't know what it is, but language has always interested me. I it try, does. I like to be precise in language. I like to, I like to, ha I personally have always had a, had a big vocabulary. I think it's interesting and fun. I love landing a word that, that has a very specific meaning, but has no other meaning. And, and it was like, what word? Like, it means exactly what we're talking about. Like I was delighted when I learned Spanish to learn that there's a word for second to last. There is? <laughs> yeah. Penultimate. Wait, and that's in Spanish? Uh, well, I learned it in Spanish, pen, penultimo. Uh, but then I was like, that's not a thing in English. Then I looked up in the dictionary. It is a thing in English. That is a word that means second to last. Penultimate? Penultimate. <laughs> I do not want to be penultimate. <laughs> no, you want to be ultimate first. or first? Ultimate. <laughs> penultimate. Second to last. Oh, cool. I love But that. my point is... Will I remember this? So is it valuable to know that word? Kind of not really. Because if you know a word and it has a specific meaning, but no one else knows the word, did you really communicate? <laughs> no, but it's fun. It's okay, like, so that's actually really interesting because I think you do. Because I like when I listen to that guy talk, I I do write down his vocabulary words and I look them up because they that specific meaning brings more meaning. Yeah, there was a... Are we getting lazy in our English or is oh, it we've always sure. been this way? No, no, no. This is a, I actually saw an article about this. So it's it's been a thing. It was during a presidential election and it's been a thing where they track that over time, presidential speeches have gone out of their way to dumb down their language to appeal to the common people more. And so it showed like, you know, like back when Lincoln used to give speeches and, it's just, and they use the number of words that are more than two syllables and it just got all the way down to trump and it was just like bad guy good guy vote <laughs> just that, like single single syllable words do you know what i mean so yeah i mean i i think the language is a diminishing art especially now that we're we're literally choosing to revert to pictographs that's what, that's what emojis are <laughs> well see i actually have a different take on emojis emojis are actually trying to communicate more because words if you you know, I did a lot of research on this when I wrote a book on um, 
on sales about communication. Yeah. The words themselves are only 7% of your communication. The yeah, rest of no, it is either right. how you say the word or what what action you use with and it. And I don't like I don't think we're communicating less, but I think that uh we are simplifying more for sure. Yeah. And I we're also think for it's, it's probably a it's probably a consequence of internationalizing business. Because right now I, I I work all the time with with a team in in the Ukraine who speak English very well for a Russian who learned English, you know what I mean? But right. but still very broken. Like, and and so I find that I slow down and talk about this fast when I talk to them. Right. And I go out of my way to not say any words that are hard to understand <laughs> so some days in my in my home yeah. i do that slow down and talk clearly yes and then i get most people just get mad at me <laughs> they're like am i in trouble no they're like why are you talking down so that here? friend of ours that has a vocabulary so rachel and i most times we actually we were not we're like we're delighted with his use of words but not impressed we're like yeah i know that word like most of the time but once he threw me off concatenate i still remember it i actually i'm not sure i pronounced that correct let me play this out loud. Concatenate. And I'm like, wait, what did you say? I literally stopped him. He's like, what did you say? Concatenate. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, like, you know, chain things together. And then I and then I thought in Spanish, the Latin root, cadena, which is a chain, and then con, which is with, concatenate, with a chain. I'm like, oh, oh. But I was so delighted. I was like, a new word. <laughs> so you guys know his words all we the do. time. Yeah. Our friend Tris he used to keep a Rachel, little tiny. Rachel notebook. more than me. I don't want to, I don't want to do borrowed light. Rachel read a ton when she was a kid and just knows all the words. <laughs> so uh, concatenate. Yeah. Oh, geez, Mark. Sorry, you were saying that guy's a bright dude. Yeah. Smartest guy I know. Oh, yeah. Well, at least as, as far think as we know. He doesn't think he's smart in the sense that it's not that he doesn't think he's I mean, he just not, he's not egotistical about it at all. He just is. No, no, no. Concatenate. Actually, okay, here's a funny story. <laughs> he doesn't project that he's egotistical to you and me, and he's a gentle spirit publicly. Right. But his wife insists that he is, in fact. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't count. Uh, intense and does, in fact, have uh, a sharper edge that we just don't know about. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Because no. by that standard... Aren't we all sinners? Yeah, I was going to say, by that standard, my wife has got way more. Sh she's going to tell people way more about my sharp edges than people probably want to know. And she deserves to see them because, you know, I don't mean that. It's, uh, she, deser she deserves to be able to share them because if, if she sees them, then she can point them out. Have you? Okay. So I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of job interviews lately. Um, I have, I'm interviewing people for a, a variety of roles at our company. Okay. And I'm interviewing a lot because our company doesn't like to hire slouches. They like to hire, like, it's a, it's a pretty serious, like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, we, we do a pre-interview pre -interview to make sure we're in the same universe on, like, right. pay, on pay and responsibilities. Right. Then we do an assignment. Like, we send them, like, this, here's a one-page assignment. Fill out this assignment and get back to us and we'll decide if we want to interview. Is it a, is the assignment, like, a <laughs> personality test? It's not. It's, um. It's, it's particular to their craft. So for producers, it's like, imagine you're on, you're working on a feature and you're two weeks in and all of a sudden you find out a blah, 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 blah. 
and like this stakeholder says this, the market says that, what do you do? And then you can't, then we just kind of look for their ability to solve problems. Right. Um, and then, and then, at the, and then after that, then we have like four interviews and then after, like with a bunch of different people. And then we look at their scores and decide if we want to offer them something. So now, when you say scores, you guys have an arbitrary system inside your. Yeah, we have this. We have a a, a software thing called Greenhouse. It's just it's just a software as a service that you can buy that has a <clears throat> it has a scorecard system where you write a paragraph and then it asks and it asks you to give them a, like between one and five stars on things like you know, leadership, innovation, potential for growth, interesting uh, and stuff like that. I I actually have found that. I get no value out of the scores. Now they read my scores, but I'm pretty sure if I if I went and looked at all the scores that I've done for the last 20 people side by side, right, that they wouldn't be consistent. You know what I mean? Because right. because it's, it's like I don't know because I don't have them in front of me, so I don't right. remember like oh I ranked Steve a six on this, but Ben I gave a five and Ben's more like a four compared to Steve. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I don't value that. Right. But I do value the paragraph and I, and and the software like putting it all in one place is really smart. And anyway, been been interviewing a ton. So what do you look for most? Like if you were to say, hey, this is what you want most in an employee. Tell me, or this, what is it you want most in an employee? What would it be? Because I have one. You know, there's a couple of really interesting things I've observed. The thing I've observed number one is, <clears throat> no matter what I tell them about the job, because I do, I'm like. Here's what the job's like. Here's what's easy about the job. Here's what's hard about the job. Here's the upside of the job. Here's the downside of the job. I kind of tell them. Right. No matter what you tell people, they will not say in an interview, I don't want it. There's nothing you can tell them. Oh, that's true. There's nothing. They're always like, sounds great. I want it. Because they want to reserve the right to go think about it and (laughs) say later, I don't want it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I did that with the lady last week. She ended up being a sharp candidate and she she went to the top of my list. But when I got off the phone, I'm like, this seems like somebody who's leveled up beyond what we're hiring for in this in this slot. She says she wants the job, but I'll be surprised if she calls us back. And in fact, she emailed us yesterday. I gave it some thought. I don't want the job. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Not, so there's nothing you can say. So I think that's funny. It's just a human nature observation, not like something broken in society, but right. human nature. The people want a chance to think about it before they before they recuse. Right, which seems like okay. But what is it? What kind? And then, is, and then what do I want? Uh, above all, does it depend on the position, or is there a certain characteristic? Is there a certain characteristic though that you look for in everyone? That's the one I'm looking for. The common thread. I mean, it sounds it's just too simple to be interesting. Honestly, it's like, will you work when no one's watching? <laughs> That's really it. You know what I mean? Like, do you care about the outcome of your work? Like, I I don't know the last time I hired somebody who thinks that they get paid for their time. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone thinks that they're getting paid by the hour and that if they sit there for an hour and don't do anything, they still get paid. Like, I can't remember the last time I hired somebody who thought that way. Like, you don't get paid for your time. You get paid for your result. And so I hire people that that are fixated on the result okay that was that an answer so yeah so i have i actually have, it's it's interesting because over the years when i've i've done probably thousands of interviews over the years 
Yeah. Uh, now most of granted, most of what I'm doing is sales, right? So, um, sales, you, you know, I've had different techniques, stuff like that, but what I, what I found was there, there are certain qualities you just can't find. And there's certain qualities that are just come down to my gut. And, uh, first of all, in sales, you have to have, you have to have a persistence. Yes. Which is, you know, everybody says that, but you have to have this, um, this ability to pick yourself up right yourself mm. because in sales it's a brutally as you know because you've done it yeah, a bunch I've done it's it. a brutally yeah. honest and you know you it's there's there's an ad there's an adage that says you 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 eat what you kill yeah and there's two ways to that one is you can be super fat because you have so much to eat and there's other times where you're super skinny because you didn't kill anything yeah right and so that ability to kind of take that on yourself that as a responsibility is a really rare trait. It's a really, because most of the positions I hire for are commission. Not just commission. Super commission. Yeah, like you're not. Like the story that you told me was that your brother got hired there, worked for 10 months without doing a deal. Correct. But but it's commercial real estate. So right. when he finally got his first deal, then it paid for his year. Yeah. <laughs> Our top agent, didn't get paid for two years and now he's Ooh. been the top agent for it's a it takes a long time right to kind yeah. of get there now <clears throat> clark and i both kind of got there faster than most people because we had a lot of sales experience going into what we do yeah <clears throat> but the so so the problem is is like okay so can you push forward without anyone pushing you that's one thing can you get up without anyone push pulling you up and then the other one is can you solve problems without anyone telling you to solve a problem? Can you see a problem that needs to be solved without anyone telling you? Because in a sales environment, that's all there is, those four things. You gotta be able to keep going in the face of yeah. adversity. You gotta get up when you fall down. You get, and, and that get up thing is a big deal because there's a lot of people would get kicked down two or three times and like, this isn't worth getting up again. And you just cannot, I can't, I've never found a, a satisfactory way to score that me and my uh you met did you meet rafi before he passed away i did not so rafi who's the mentor and the starter of our firm he and i used to do all the all the interviews okay and he would he would interview and not talk to me and then i'd interview and not and then afterwards we'd talk okay and he'd say i score him at a six and i'm like i score him at a seven or 6.5 almost always we were within half a point of each other oh interesting okay and it was really funny one story was really funny we had this girl named kira come in and she doesn't listen so i guess this is safe okay no, it's not a real name <laughs> but kira, uh kira looper yeah carolina so she comes in and she <laughs> she she has this amazing like amazing we were so blown away by what she had to do uh, when she came in. And she was just great. And yeah. I'm like, I hate to say it, but I think she's an eight, which is like the highest I'd ever scored anyone. And she, he's like, I think the same thing. So then usually what we'll do is we'll sit on them for a week to see if they pursue us. And if they do, then we'll invite them in for a second one. So we invite them in for the second one. And the second one, she was like a four. Oh, you told me this story before, but I forgot where this goes. It was so weird. And I asked, I'm like, I, was it me that interviewing? Was it whatever? And so what happened was, is uh, we're like, well, you average the four and the eight. You're still, a, you know, a, a level we would, we would like her. And maybe it was just anomaly. She's having a bad day. So we offer her a position and then we, she goes dark for two weeks. Dark. 
I'm like, just doesn't call us, nothing. We don't know anything that's going on. So it turns out she was an alcoholic. We went to rehab in that two weeks. Okay, so wait. She was drunk in the first interview. In the first interview, she was drunk. Yep. She never, after, she was never as good as when she was drunk. Is that uh, weird? It's not actually weird to me. It was so. It's sad. She was so powerful as, as a buzz individual. She was a functioning, functioning alcoholic. Oh, big time. She was so good. And then when she, when she, and I hate to say it, but when she went through rehab, she never really was. Never really was that eight again. Oh, you don't hate. I mean, you shouldn't hate to say it because. Well, I do because I want her to be your best, you, not without alcohol. No, no, know? but that, but our best salesman isn't our best self. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you got to be able to access your drunk self. <laughs> well, like, put it jokes aside, William. Li- literally, uh, from what little I know about your partners and what little I know about the people that I worked with in sales, everyone assumes that. A great salesman is a super charismatic person. Uh, they, they assume that just right. just just as they assume about about um, my my former hobby, uh, which is comedy. They assume right. comedians are hilarious, right? Right. But what I've observed about about uh, s- salesmen, it's not their charisma that carries them. It is it is for sure. It's almost medical um, um, inability to see uh, no as an answer. And I, 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 I mean, I, I mean, like someone's like, you suck. You're the worst. You're like, well, let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in your head, you're like, in my head, I know I'm the best. And if we talk long enough, they'll, they'll yeah. know I'm the best. We hit on this like two or three episodes We ago. did. But my yeah. point is like, it's borderline, um, medical. Narcissistic. <laughs> yeah. But like it is, but right. I don't, but, but I, I not clinically, I, I think that truly, truly, um, I, I, I think that great salesmen run the world like at some level like whole industries live and die by great salesmen correct a whole countries live or die by those industries correct i truly believe that it's an important linchpin in society i believe it i agree um so i don't mean it as an insult when i say uh that to, to when you're when, when you're a hammer everything is a nail when you're a salesman everything is a close Yep. Everything. I I do definitely agree. But with not you. as a charisma, not as like a I'm a hot shot. Like that that's how it's always depicted in movies and television, and they just get it wrong. Right. It's always depicted as like this guy rides up in his in his Bugatti and gets out with his collar collar undone, and there's some girl on his arm. He's like, see you later, call you probably won't. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's always the salesman, whatever. Either that or the antithesis of a salesman, which is the plaid panted used car salesman. Oh, yeah, yeah. The smarmy salesman too. Yeah, but yeah. in both cases, they're smarmy. Right and 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 in my experience, it's not that Smarmy's never there, but it's that that's not the defining characteristic. The defining characteristic is everything. Everything is a close. Right, <laughs> naturally, just naturally, not right. a not a decision. Right. You didn't read a book. You're just like I can get that. So I my can, my I wife, that. I can get what I want. So I my wife it. hates that for two reasons. One is I do I do it I do it in every aspect of my life like to me it's from the it's from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep at night and even in my dreams so it's a nature yeah it's in my nature so my wife will say things like oh what do you think about this right and she's learned that she needs to google me because i'm going to present it as if i know or i'm going to present it (laughs) as if i know you mentioned this before like whether or not you know the answer right you're going to say that you do there's another there's a flip side to that right and the flip side that to that is everyone can be changed you fundamentally believe that all people can be better 
with the knowledge that you have. Which is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting, but it's also it's also a curse because if you uh, there's because sometimes of, people want you just to step the H off, you know. Correct. Correct. And that, and or why are you so arrogant? Or why are you so you know? Right. Like to me, I don't walk around ev- ever with a doubt in my mind of who I am. Yeah. You know, and and you're similar and to that, that. And some people get really upset about that. Some yeah, because they want offensive. you to. Yeah, they want you they, to have humility. Like, I would prefer it if you were more uncertain at this moment Correct. in your life. And I'm like, well, I'm, but I'm not. Oh, I, I actually <laughs> should say this is that the humility, uh, the idea of humility to them is that you do have insert uncertainty, right? And because of that. Like there's a guy at work that just he gets so frustrated with me that I I'm always, you know, seem to know at least what the answer is or how to get the answer. Yeah. Interestingly enough, your wife instituted something at our work, which has been a lot of fun, which is we uh, on our birthdays, we say something nice about each one of us will say what they like about the guy that's awesome. or girl who's having the birthday. Right. And so one of the guys who he and I like butt heads once in a while, you know, and he he his compliment to me was, um, you're a principled person and I can always count on that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like the flip side of that is you're, if he doesn't line with your principles, it's mad. Correct. It's maddening. Correct. And, but But it's, but you're consistent. Yeah. But he, he enjoyed, he, he enjoyed, and I, and I appreciated that he, 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 uh, that that was a cool thing. So dude, interviewing. So I, I've, I've, I've started to find it boring. Yeah, it is boring. Um, so, so I, I so literally, fast. you know, the podcast saved the day on this. So I was like, how can this not be boring? And then I'm like, and then I realized what I really want to do, because I love talking to people. Right. And so I just turned it into an in-depth interview. Right. I don't, I don't ask, I mean, I ask a few interview questions, but mostly I'm like, what's one of your favorite memories as a child? Yeah. <laughs> I just do all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. And like, tell me about the, the, like a book that really resonated with you and like, what was your favorite character? Who's your least favorite character? I'm literally asking them these crazy questions. <laughs> I think they're great because they give you so much a, be- a much better look at it than if you're doing these funny these other questions. By the way, here's another question for you. Yeah. What was your first job? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so one of one of these guys I used to um I really liked this guy. He was kind of a mentor. I don't even remember his name, but I I, I he gave me a lot of things that for some reason stuck with me. But one yeah. of them was whenever you're interviewing someone, always ask him what was their first job. If they start at eight years old, then you've got a winner. <laughs> but if they start with their first job out of college, you know, if they're like, oh, I had a paper out. You're like, yeah, this is a guy. That's you fascinating. And do he you, goes, do, it, does that hold for you? Is that real? Because there's a lot yes. of people that don't get their first job until out of college. Yes. Time. And he goes, well, if, if, it's out, if it's out of college, you have to start asking yourself, is this the guy you want? Like really? Yeah. He, he's not kidding. No, he's not, not wrong. That's just not an old, old curmudgeon man thing to say. No. no. And by the way, there's a lot of people. I've wondered. Okay. So here, I've wondered about this because there's a lot of people in, in, in your neighborhood who, where I used to spend some time who their, their kid's job is to get straight A's. My kids don't get straight A's, but my kids do get a job. And I'm, and, and, and we've asked the question, are we raising our kids to always be the plucky blue collar upstarts? Or should like should we be treating them different so that they become proper white collar wealthy folk? Right. And and the answer is yes and no because I think yes gets you. I think if we if we were different, we would get the a different white collar result. I do believe that. Right. But I don't love it. I don't love people that don't know how to do a freaking job. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I don't love it. Right. 
My son, like, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like those. Well, people. that's that kind of <laughs> comes down to the point because culture, the culture of what your environment where you work, yeah, right, is important because you're there a lot of hours of the day and you're working with people. And if you spend a lot of time, you used to do this when you talked about one of your other jobs, which was you had to spend a lot of time thinking about the way you're going to talk so that you don't offend or you don't get, uh, you know, or, or you don't, uh, I was going to say, slow down someone's, uh, you know, progression in the task. Right. Right. So you spend a lot of time and energy. Well, if the culture is right, it shouldn't be that way. Right. It should be very easy to call up someone. Hey, this isn't working. And they're like, okay, no problem. Right. Isn't that what you want? Yeah, that's what I want. It's what we kind of have at my new job. They're right, but if you have to call folks. the person and says, hey, how's your hey, day? How's going, man? You know, hey, how are, you know, how is everything else you in your life? And, yeah. Cat? Oh yeah. my gosh, I And love your cats. job, your performance <laughs> right now is so amazing. Hey, but I was looking at this one thing and I was wondering if it could be improved. Of, um, what are your thoughts on this? You know what I mean? Like that is so much energy <laughs> and it's so exasperating to do that at work, if you really want to be productive, you have a, a you have, good relationships that you can build on the side so that you can actually work, right? You can get it done. This doesn't work, right? Okay. So, um, did you ever, have you ever turfed an interview in your life? Yes. I've walked out before thinking, what the crap? What do you mean turf as in I didn't do well? Didn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. I walked out and I'm like, I, but I think again, I blame it on them. <laughs> yeah, like, well, they, they're about, that's a bad interview. No, it was like, no, but I, that, okay. That is the salesman's mentality. Correct. Yeah. If they only knew. <laughs> yeah, if they only knew. Or, but but I, I usually I, and I get it because I actually you know kind of. I walked out of a couple. Like, I had a guy. I had one on the other day. Oh, this is a funny one. The guy comes in and he's like, "Hey, he knew us from back when." Okay. And he he uh he had come and interviewed with Rafi, this mentor that started oh, the wow, company. Okay. Yeah. And that's, then he's that's like, been "A while. It's been a minute." Yeah, it's been a minute. And yeah. he comes back and he's like, "Hey, I you know I've decided to come back to commercial real estate. Hey, I was wondering if you know I really enjoyed my interview with." Rafi. And, uh, I know he's passed away. I'm really sorry about that, but I know what your firm stands for. I'd love to interview with you. I'm like, okay, cool. That's all a great, great. It's a great intro. Great start. Right. And the fact that he met with Rafi already got him in the door. So he gets in the door. I sit down with him and I'm telling you within two seconds of the minute of this interview, he tells me, he's like, yeah, I don't know why Rafi didn't hire me. He told me I'd never do good at this job. What? (laughs) That's what he said. That's the first thing he said. (laughs) So I'm like, the minute he said that, I called in my other, uh, the other partner, Jonathan, who knew, yeah, right? Because normally it will be, I would interview and then John would interview and Jonathan yeah, yeah. would interview, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just called him in. I'm like, this is a waste of time, right? Let's both just get this out of the way. Yeah. And I didn't tell him this. Hey, uh, why don't you come in? Yeah. And then he said that again in front of Jonathan, which is Rafi's son. Interesting choice. Why would you do that? And, and so, then he went on and on. He's like, no, I'm born for this. And I'm thinking to myself, you cannot tell me that the guy that taught me the business, right? And, yeah. and has probably the best nose for talent, I thought, out there. He's, he's like, you're never going to. I, I had an interview once. Um, it's literally, it was literally so embarrassing that I'm actually not going to get very specific because I'm, I'm embarrassed for the guy. But the guy came in and um, was drunk. And did not perform better than the other um, guy, but and, than the girl we interviewed. And I asked him kind of a regular, regular couple of questions, and it w- they weren't even hard questions. I was just regular questions. And and somewhere in there, like he, I don't know if he was drunk because he was paranoid, or if he was paranoid because he was drunk. 
but he got he started acting paranoid in the in the in the interview. He's like, "Oh, I see what this is. I see where you're going." Like he started treating. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is that your fault? Well, it's not. None of it's my fault. Okay. I just as a, if he only knew. I I feel compassion for disasters. Like I I do, and it was oh, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. he was a disaster. So I was I was just super polite, and then you know threw him out. And have you ever offered a guy a job that probably shouldn't have gotten it because you felt bad? Uh, no, but I did hire, well, I hired somebody that I knew who I thought this person deserves a shot. Yeah. And, well, um, same mentality. that was a freaking disaster. Yeah, it always is. It was a disaster. So Cause I, I hired the person, oh, they're smart, they're clever, they're young, but under my tutelage, it'll go great. And that was just a disaster. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's always a disaster. Giving guy a shot because you think he deserves it. How about yeah. another one? Did you give him, give someone a second shot? Because you felt like people should have the ability to have a second shot. Uh, I actually have a counterpoint on this one. Wait, have you done that? Yes. And how did it turn out? I actually, the counterpoint, this is unexpected. So I was, I was at Disney. There was a person that was working for me who was doing a bad job. And she was kind of, but it was doing a bad job in a way where I'm like, I don't know how to correct this. Because it wasn't like not doing the work or it wasn't like, not trying. It was like trying, but missing by an inch or doing the work, but forgetting the one slide that we needed or like, right. do, like it's like building the car, but like, this looks like a car. And then you're like, Oh, there's no transmission on this thing. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was always missing it by like an inch, right. but, but it was, but, a, but the result was like a disaster. Right. Right. And so I avoided it for a long time. So this is, this is where bad manager Randy comes in. I'm like, this is unfixable, but I know that at Disney, I don't get a hire and fire. I just get to refer to HR and put people on a PIP. Do you know what a PIP is? No. Nope. Performance Improvement Plan. Okay. That's a corporate. Anyone that's worked for a corporation knows what a PIP is, right? Sounds stupid. Yeah. So Performance Improvement Plan is like, here's the list of things that you have to do in the next 30 to 60 days. And if you don't do them, then you're fired. Right. Right. Um, anyway, so I was avoiding because that's just more work for me, man. <laughs> like it's just easier for me to throw her work that I don't need right. that badly right. and just ignore it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, but then, it, but, but that was a mistake because she, her, her work was affecting other people though. I did care about, there were top performers that were like, she's dragging us down, man. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to do something. So I put her on a pip, check it out. She freaking came through and changed and became like a legit hard worker who did stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So, but, but I still can't figure out why I was so off and why I was so wrong. And I think, I think it's what you said. I think she might've been a drunk and I think I might've sobered her up. Oh, really? I, I think the threat, so the opposite. Of, I think the threat of losing her job might have, might have got her to stop drinking on weekdays or something because oh, she good. was just alert and attentive and on top of it. And I would, I would do my normal cover for her things. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take care of that. And she grabbed things out of my hand. She goes, nope, I'll do it. And wow. I was just like, what? Now, I that's still, awesome. I that's still, good. It was, I like that. But my point is, I didn't even think that was possible. So I learned, I learned an important lesson that people can actually change. Okay, so here's so when I say change, I'm like, okay, performance-wise, when you're, when you're almost there and you're going to get there, that's yeah. one. Well, what about one where they've done something wrong? I know I'm talking about... They didn't do the job right. I mean, they did something wrong. And I don't mean uh, almost on the order of morality. Like they did something have borderline morally some, wrong. 
I know, I'm not saying I in their personal one, life. I have one situation like that, but it's not. It wasn't. Yeah, I have one situation like that. I fired the person, and then a week later, I hired him back. And? Well, good. So I have never had a situation where someone has done something morally wrong where uh, I've hired them uh, or kept them on where it turned out well. Well, it wasn't. I guess it really wasn't morally wrong. It was terrible judgment. Well, a personality quirk, but it wasn't really morally wrong. So maybe that's the difference. Give okay. it, tell us one story and, and we'll close. Okay, so what happened was is the kid basically uh, um, wrote a contract for a, a property that he said he was representing the owner or the buyer and the buyer did not want him representing him. And he basically lied about how oh, wow. the buyer was representing him. Okay. And it turns out the buyer wanted someone else also in our firm to represent him. Which was really weird. It was a very strange situation. Oh, and we found found out what how this kid even knew about him was he saw the offer on a fax machine, realized he knew who it was. It was like some distant family friend. Jeez. And then started acting as if this was his client instead of the other person's client. Huh. So we That's weird. We went to fire him. Yeah. And uh he was young. It just kind of, you know, and we, we all kind of Rafi for all of his talent ability was never a person that wanted someone to fail. Yeah. And he did not want to be the one firing someone. He loved to convince people to quit. I see. Right. That was his deal. Yeah. And so in this situation, he was like, well, let's give the kid a chance. He's young. He's stupid. Let's, let's yeah, see if and, we can. And, and we, as discussed, going a year or two without a sale is weird. Yeah, like, and it's, tough. it's very tough. When you get hungry, making. you do silly things like yeah. steal bread. Is stealing wrong? Yes. Yeah. Stealing yeah. bread is probably on the order of things not so high. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he ended up, you know, within another year, he did something else like really bad that got us into a lawsuit. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, and that was, that's just one example. But I think... I, I will say this is that when I was young and stupid, I did do something stupid and someone gave me a second chance. So I have a propensity to give as the, second as chances. The, as did I. I did, I did something stupid once where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And I learned from it. <laughs> but I owned up to it. This yeah. kid didn't. Right. Yeah. I saw that I'd done something wrong and I saw that basically I'd gotten caught. Yeah. And I saw that how I went down the road of. Uh, Ra probably rationalization, right? Yeah, super yeah, yeah. rationalization, and yeah. and like, oh, this isn't a big deal. It's actually, you know, blah blah blah. And then at the end of the day, I'm like the, my manager right above me, he says, "You realize you were just stealing from the company," and I'm like, "Oh crap, yeah. I was." You know, yeah, cutting around it, the rationalization. <laughs> yeah, and then basically, I paid it back, and it wasn't a big deal. And it was, it was like, you know, it. No, again, but, we're not talking about lots of money or anything like that. It was just one of those situations where I got put myself, I got put in check by someone who was a good manager. Yeah. And he gave me a second chance. He did not fire me and he kept me going. And I never did anything like that again. And by the way, in any of my relationships, professional re relationships after that, because I was like, oh, okay, I can't go down that road. It's a rationalization. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I did get, I did get second chances. So I have, I have the reflex to do it, but yeah. I will say that I've, I've, do you know what? I, I'm going to say this. They usually don't work out, but I'm usually glad I did it. Oh, that's is that fair enough. I think it is. Because you don't want to be a person that yeah. never gives a second chance. Yeah. 
My sister-in-law right now is, sounds like she may get fired from her job because her husband is having some severe medical issues and, and she's the only one to get him to and from hospitals, stuff like that. And I, my wife is like, she's probably going to lose her job. I'm like, what? And I'm like, I get why the employer is like, you're not coming to work. Right. But at yeah. the same time, that's just bad juju. I do not want, I do not want, it is. I don't it's want funny to be the guy there's no, because It's funny because there's no rules to govern that in society, but there is kind of a tacit understanding that when you take on an employee, you, to a certain degree, you're taking on their lives. Yeah. And, and like if they get sick or if their family gets sick, you have to kind of, as a decent person, you have to stick your neck pretty far out yeah. to try and help out. Yep. That doesn't mean you can go forever because sometimes math just can't. Sometimes yeah. you run out of money if you, you do right. it that way. But but to whatever degree you can, people do. Well, and a lot of times you just, you know, it's it's just good to be a good person. I think it is. Yeah. By well, the way, thanks. I started listening to uh, Christmas music after Halloween, and I'm not apologizing. Okay. I saw this amazing tweet <laughs> that, was, that was like, y'all who complain about listening to Christmas songs during Thanksgiving... Can y'all point to the good Thanksgiving bops that are out there? He's like, if you <laughs> want to, if you want to change, write some good Thanksgiving songs because yeah. I don't know of any. Because there's like one, <laughs> to grandmother's house we go. That's a Thanksgiving song. Is it? Yeah. All right, friends. This has been the Waystation Podcast, your one stop for uh, life hacks, social commentary, and amazing stories. I'm your host, Randy, and I'm William. Have a great day. <laughs>